and and I've been more productive in the last four to six weeks um, than I have I think I've ever been previously. Power to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy, and resilience. Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future, but rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Andy Lopata. Joe came across Andy in the early days of her business when she was growing it predominantly by networking. Andy wrote the book about networking and Death Came Third, the title of which Joe regularly quoted in those early days. Labelled Mr Network by the Sun, Andy was called one of Europe's leading business networking strategists by the Financial Times and a true master of networking by The Independent. A very experienced international speaker, Andy is the author of three books on networking, has been quoted in a number of other business books and is regularly quoted in the international press. His fourth book will be published by Bloomsbury Publishing in 2020. Andy is a fellow of the Professional Speaking Association, PSA, and of the Learning Performance Institute, and a master of the Institute for Sales Management. He is also one of just 23 recipients of the PSA's top honour, the Award for Excellence. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Andy Lapata, author, professional speaker and professional relationship strategist. Welcome Andy, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me Joe. So we're joining from uh, well, like week one of my lockdown, I think uh, pretty much yours from what I've said as well. So uh, it's, uh, I don't normally sort of time checkers but we're at the end of March just in case anyone's uh, listening in future and wonder wonders what we're talking about in uh, the midst of the coronavirus at the moment aren't we? So uh, thanks for taking the time to join me and um, start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do and crucially where you do it. <laughs> well at the moment I do it from my, my uh, home office and <laughs> that's I think uh, at, at the time we're recording that's what everyone could say. Um, my, my business is as you mentioned uh, focused on, on professional relationships so I work with my clients to help them build those relationships in the right places uh, to nurture them and develop them to, to the point where they're, they're strong, where people want to support them, uh, and also to leverage that support as well. Um, so that, that would encompass a whole range of things from uh, referral strategies, influence strategies, right the way through to the type of support networks, mentoring, and uh, the, abil- the, the ability to be vulnerable that's so important in the modern day. Um, and in terms of where I do it, it it's where once we're allowed back out into society again, <laughs> it, it's where people want me. So uh, interestingly, I've been on a journey over the last few months where I'm pivoting a lot of my business towards mentoring 
uh, particularly at senior leader level, uh, and looking at how their professional relationship strategy can impact um, their footprint in their industry, within their organisation, and and, and uh, more generally. Um, mm. So, so there's that element. But I'm a speaker as well and an author, so uh, I'm very fortunate that my work has has stretched around the world. Yes. So. I'm really interested to, to sort of find where this all came from, because in common with many of my guests, I don't suppose you grew up thinking that this is what you would do. Um, but also I've um, followed along with you for a long time um, from when I first started my business. And in fact, I've often thought to myself, given my skills, I thought oh, I need to make money out of being a networker. And I remember right back in the early days, that's what I saw you doing. <laughs> and I thought, can do it, clearly. Um, but you've changed and your business has evolved since. So sort of talk us through a bit of where it came from. Yeah, well, well first of all, just on that point, because I, I do hear people talk about being a professional networker and I never describe myself as that. And, and it's not something I'm a big fan of. There are people who do do that. Um, but I, I see networking as a tool to help you in your business, not as a business per se. The only difference would be networking groups, which is a business per se, and then you use networks and networking to to grow those as well. Um, but the business is events, effectively, when you're in that business. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've been in this space for 21 years, so 21 years ago I quit my job working for a corporate. Said I'd never work for anyone else again, and said I'd be a freelance writer. Uh, and around the same time, in fact, about six months earlier, my father had co-founded a business networking organisation, and he said, "Come and help us out." And it was as simple as that. Um, while you wait to get some writing commissions, come and give us a hand. And and you know, it was networking was something that until my dad started the groups, I don't think I'd ever heard the term. Uh, and you know you're talking about the 19 uh, 1999 um you you know it, it wasn't prevalent in the uk people weren't talking about networking groups and networking in the same way as we do nowadays uh so i hadn't really come across the term but it was something i did naturally mm. um so i sort of fell into that and and things uh, evolved from there it's funny I realized that a few good few years ago I went to a school reunion and there were like 50 people in the room and I didn't really know any of them very well but I did know every one of them to have a personal conversation with and I realized then that I'd clearly been a networker at school and again not something I'd sort of really thought about because it wasn't a concept was it but uh, I, I imagine you were the same from what you've just said having that sort of I don't know about at school um, when, when I've reconnected with people from my my earlier school days um, yeah there's only a handful that i've really connected with a a, a reasonable level some i can't even you know people friends mention names to me and i can't remember who they are um my school days weren't necessarily where i came into my element i think it's forming university and afterwards uh i i i discovered my true self right yeah so you've talked about pivoting your business now and i've seen you do that I think before given I'd forgotten about the networking group actually that's where I first came across you right. uh, so that's you know I, I have truly followed along um and, and I've got your book you had a book didn't you back in the day um well, actually I've published three and my fourth has just uh, finished the fourth manuscript to the fourth book so um I'm guessing is it and this came third that you you have a copy of yes, that's the, yes I remember the title now yes yes yeah. Yes, exactly. so that was my so, second book. Yeah, um, yeah, lovely. So, 
um i've probably quoted you on many occasions in the past and then we we bumped into each other at an event a couple of years ago which is how you've ended up on the podcast so it was great to meet you but um where where do, do all those changes come from because people are talking all the time about pivoting their business and i guess we're in a massive phase where that's going to need to happen for many people what what's prompted that for you and how easy has it been to do that and what you know what sort of steps have you taken right well it's it's two very different pivots so the first one was um when my father and i sold our our shares in the networking groups to our um our business partner that was about a year or two years in the making uh and that was because a couple of things had happened i my role changed. I was managing director. I was working with the franchisees and I, I wasn't enjoying the work for the first time in seven years of running them. I wasn't enjoying it. I was firefighting. Our franchise model wasn't strong enough and it was constant firefighting and we weren't growing. The, the growth had sort of it'd gone well, but it was sort of slowing up a bit. Um, so I wasn't enjoying things. And I also looked at our model. I was trying to change a lot and our model, our structure was such that it was almost impossible to make fundamental changes. And I felt that the business needed those changes to survive. Um, so it, it took about a year to persuade my father that we needed to change and I needed to bring him with me. Um, and I wanted to to really focus on training and speaking uh, the type of business that I have now. Um, and it took a long time to convince him. And actually we did open a, a, a different business, which was a very early online network an online version of what we were doing called word of mouse, which wasn't successful at all. Uh, and basically swallowed up most of the money that we sold our business for. Um, but eventually, you know, we established and developed a business focused around speaking and training. So, so that was the first shift that took quite a while. I mean, with, with the word of mouse debacle, as I would probably call it, you'd probably look at three to four years in total before we, we, we really settled on, on a business that we, we followed for a long time. That business hasn't really changed to a large degree. Uh, what is changing is my focus within the business. So there have been two shifts more recently. In late um, 2019, around autumn 2019, um, I recognized that despite huge efforts over the years, I had failed dismally in my attempts to uh, change perceptions about networking. Um, and networking was still perceived as being about networking events. And that's only a tiny proportion of the work I've done for, for, for the last 12 years. Um, uh, so what I did was I repositioned myself rather than pivoted the business. And I repositioned around this, this topic of professional relationships, which is effectively what I was talking about, but I was shining a spotlight on that, which has had a big impact on how it's perceived in the marketplace, mm -hmm. um, moving it away from just people thinking it's about networking events and much more understanding about the real impact that I seek to make. Um, so I still teach networking, but it's a tiny proportion of what I teach. Uh, and ultimately that might be something that, that, that gets moved on to someone else. Um, that was the repositioning. The pivot has come from looking at my business model and my revenue models and saying, well, it's not working at the moment and it's not bringing consistently strong revenues at the level we need. So I've, I, I've pivoted the business 
so I still do the trading and I still run one year programs with clients, but they're not my prime focus now. And I'm repositioning the, the uh, business to focus on mentoring and building from mentoring individuals to mentoring senior leaders and then into retreats and communities for senior leaders who want to focus on their professional relationships. Mm -hmm. So that becomes the core of the business with the keynote speaking, which I really enjoy, but haven't really focused on for the last few years, taking much more of a front seat, obviously once we're back to uh, live events Mm -hmm. and then the training and everything else comes after that. And I think that the the coronavirus um, scenario we find ourselves in is sort of, Get making me much more focused on product development as well. So I've written four books. I've had I've got two online learning programs. I've recorded audio programs in the past, but I've not been very strategic about them, and I'm much more focused on that now. So I'm halfway through uh, writing an ebook on connected leadership, which may well be published by the time um, this is broadcast, uh, and I'll be looking at converting that into an online learning program as well. Uh, and then seeing where I can take that. And I've got a few ideas which are bubbling away at the moment uh, about how I can develop that product side of my business. So this, you know, I I don't want to take away from the human cost of what's gone on with with COVID-19. You know, I'm a big football fan and one of the best known supporters of our club, who was only 38, passed away yesterday because of coronavirus Mm -hmm. COVID-19 so there's a huge human cost to that and I think that whatever I say should should not take away from that um from and and I know a lot of people whose businesses are in danger and of course our business is is in danger if I don't take the right action um I heard this morning and I haven't checked if it's true the Chinese have the same word uh for crisis and opportunity um so from that perspective, and, and that's why I wanted to put that disclaimer in that I'm not taking away from the human cost of COVID-19, but from a business perspective, there is a potential opportunity out of this crisis. And yeah. it's giving me the time and the space to focus strategically that I've not had before. And as long as I can bring in enough money um, to keep the business uh, rolling, while I do this, then I think we could potentially come out of it a lot stronger than we were before. Mm, mm. As you say, just a, such a terrible time in terms of, of human loss and suffering and everything else. But also, I'm not, I don't know if that's true. I've heard that before, the opportunity um, crisis thing. Let's just go with it because I think mm. <laughs> it ought to be, even if it isn't. Um, so, uh, so what do you think, getting clear about what, you enjoy and what you want to do is in terms of business because you you mentioned that one of the reasons you moved out of the uh, networking business with your father was because you weren't enjoying it mm. uh, and I suspect some of the the changes that you've mentioned since are, are similar and quite often we don't I don't think start with things that we really enjoy we start with what we think we should be doing and and eventually I think a lot of people who've been in business over the last 20 years, there's been lots of changes in the last few years around people finding things that sort of light them up more than ever before. How important do you think that is? I think it's massively important. Uh, We spend the majority of our lives working. And if we run our own business, we spend even more (laughs) than most. (laughs) Um, So you've got to enjoy it if you can. I've had jobs I've hated. 
I was, a, I was a tax collector at the beginning of my career. I was a social fund officer in the benefits agency. I, was, I, I enjoyed, actually, I did enjoy part of that. But um, I hated a, a lot of that. You know, when I was working for the benefits agency, I was commuting from Hendon to Croydon, which for anyone who's not based in London is a hell of a commute. Yeah. Uh, it's an hour and a half minimum each way. And you end up in Croydon at the end of it. That's not a good place to, to <laughs> as a destination. Definitely not back then. Um, I've, I've just alienated anyone who lives in Croydon. Um, uh, and, and then you, you're going to work, you know, in the civil service, uh, 1990s civil service environment. Uh, and I, I, was, I made myself unwell. I lost a relationship because of it. I was exhausted. Uh, and all of the office politics just dragged me down. Um, I never want to repeat that experience again, put simply. Uh, I think it's massively important to love what you do um, because it does impact the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I lost the relationship because I hated my job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, as I say, it's interesting how many people that I see have, have been around for the last sort of 15, 20 years are focusing so much more on that you know and and it's it's coming out in terms of how they position their their offering and you know even some people have completely changed what they're doing um because you know that's suddenly become even more important i always say i, I wish we could sort of um teach that to the young people but i've said recently i think all the millennials and the younger people are actually cracking that a lot better than we are <laughs> there, there's elements of that I, I interviewed my niece funnily enough for, for my new book to understand generational differences in, in vulnerability. Yeah. And I learned a lot about her generation. She's 21. Um, that I didn't quite get she, her undergraduate project project in her first year at university, um, was looking at why her generation is the loneliest generation. Um, and we think that all of this connectivity makes their lives better, but it's really dragging them down in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you've got the cyberbullying and so forth that, that we become increasingly aware of. Uh, I'm not sure they have got it cracked, I'll be honest. I think that there are elements, and I think they talk a good game sometimes. <laughs> but but there's, there's, they're, they're going on a similar journey that we went on, from what mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. So let's shift a bit to talking about how you work on a day-to-day basis, and clearly things are a bit different mm. uh, this week. Uh, but, you know, how do you get done what you need to get done how do you organize yourself what sort of um strategies tips and tools do you use well it's really good that we're having this uh, conversation now and not two or three months ago um because up until two or three months ago i was the epitome of disorganized unstructured lacking process um and and just hope it all happens and i've gone through a transformation i'm on a uh, a business accelerator program called change your game um, which has really focused my mind and come at just the right time. And, and it's a, a root cause of a, of a lot of the, the, the pivoting that I'm doing at the moment. Um, and it's changed the way I work. So um, we, we have a book recommended uh, to us to read every month. And one of those is a book called uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport. Yeah. And that had a big impact on me. Not an easy read, not a flowing read. Um, but I've probably taken away more from that book and applied than from any other book I've ever read. Um, so now as I sit talking to you in my office, I have in front of me, I have 
uh, a small whiteboard and on the small whiteboard I have all my monthly outcomes so I have my bold goal uh, my essential goal, what needs to happen, uh, what I'm going to do to build my profile, what I'm going to do to raise revenue, and then my micro goals. What do I need to do in order for these things to happen? And I have to tick those off as the month goes past. And all of those are ticked off for the last month. I've got my accelerator tomorrow for the month end. All of them are, uh, are ticked off apart from the ones that were just you know, knocked out of the park by, by the coronavirus uh, changes. Yeah. Um, Next on the wall is my year planner. Uh, uh, and on the year planner, um, I have colored stickers with numbers on them. And the colored stickers represent either product development, uh, talk development, so writing presentations and workshops, strategy, or sales and marketing activity. Uh, and I, my, my PA blocks off 90-minute slots in my diary. Uh, for deep work using the Cal Newport um, title, and I I will I will follow one of those activities in that time, and every day that I I every time I I do one of those activities, I put the requisite sticker on that day on the year planner with the amount of time I spent on it, so I can look at it now. And I was bad this morning. I was meant to be writing my ebook. My head wasn't in the right space. There's going to be no deep work up there for two days, and I'm going to feel bad about that. And this week it will be three days actually because I got the accelerator tomorrow. So tomorrow being a Friday, so this weekend I will be looking to put deep work on there, even though it's a weekend. Mm. Um, so it holds me to account. And if I look up there and I see no sales activity, for example, for five days, that, that sends me a very sharp message very mm. quickly. And then the third thing is my big whiteboard. And on the big whiteboard, I have my eight revenue streams um, in a column. And next to it, I have keynotes about leads, about actions I need to take, about ideas, whatever it might be around that. Now, that's fairly new. I'm not reviewing it as much as I can, so that needs to be reviewed once a week, and that will go into my diary as a big whiteboard review mm. uh, once a week. That activity has just shifted my focus, uh, and, and I've been more productive in the last four to six weeks um, than I, have, I think I've ever been previously. Wow. And were you a visual person before? As in, you've got all these things in front of you, which presumably are help, as you've said, helping to to drive this stuff forwards. Would you have put stuff in front of yourself to keep you on track before? <laughs> Those whiteboards have been on 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 my wall for about six years. This is the first time I've used them proactively. <laughs> does that um, does that answer that question? got writing all over it that I, I, I'm blind to because it's been up there for so long so uh, yeah, maybe you, I need try, to try and, you know it's been up too long when you have to you, you have to really sort of put pressure on to try and wipe it off yeah. even if it's on the dry white marker yeah it's definitely a, a, a water and soap version I think yeah yeah not there that long <laughs> brilliant so um so um so motivational in terms of being able to make that change what what prompted you to do that and 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 you know it sounds like pretty transformational and quite quick is that how it's been has it felt like that has it been really hard work um it's not been hard work because i've been energized by it it goes back to the earlier question i think if you're energized things energized by things then it's not hard work yes. um have i got tired because i've been thinking intensely i've been very active then yes um but i've i've been in action 
more than ever before you know there were two catalysts one was uh, we had a bad year in 2019 um we were on for a record year and then for various reasons things just didn't come out of the pipeline and for other various reasons there was no further pipeline behind them you know partly because of complacency that there was so much in it in the first place um so something had to change in the business uh so that was catalyst one and Catalyst 2 was this business accelerator program I joined and it just gave me the structure I needed for what I, kno- I knew needed to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that you, you can know you need to do things. You can watch as many TED videos as you like. But when I joined this accelerator program, I, I was asked, what do I most want to achieve from it? And my answer was implementation and accountability. Mm, mm. I am a professional speaker. I am exposed to new ideas and great ideas on a regular basis. But how much I do with them is a completely different thing. But having to turn up regularly, you know, I we have a meeting um usually in person. T- tomorrow will be virtual, but it'll be all day still. Uh that's once a month. We have a Zoom call as a group once a month for a couple of hours and then we have subgroups where we talk to each other every week and in fact we're whatsapping each other every day so it's implementation and accountability and i think that's what i need yes everyone's different i've always said i need a managing director to tell me what to do Mm, and that's mm. effectively what i've now got yes yeah it's interesting actually i was reading an email yesterday from um a company i follow asian efficiency i don't know if you've come across them and they've had uh something called a dojo for many years which is where people join and and they they learn all about productivity and everything else and it's funny their their monthly emails always like summarize their latest blog posts and the topics they're talking about everything else and i don't read them generally because there's there's just too much information in them and i noticed yesterday they emailed to say they're setting up like dojo 2.0 which is going to be much more focused on implementation and taking action and I thought you know that you've just reminded me that that came through yesterday and so they've obviously ended up in a similar situation of loads of people navel gazing talking about how important all this stuff is and learning about it but what they've been missing is people actually you know taking action with that which I think is as you say so key to well it, it, you know it's great to learn lots of things but if you don't put them into action it's, it's uh, kind of time. time isn't it yeah. well it's not a waste of time on if you've got time to do you know if you're a multi-millionaire with no responsibilities <laughs> and you can just sit around learning all the time you know great but if you're not <laughs> going to apply the learning then then i'm not quite, i mean i mean I, I read a lot of books and i until this program i had stopped reading business and self-development books on the whole uh, because I recognise I was reading and not applying. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is, and, and you know, I read most of the books that I read are, are non-fiction, mm-hmm. and, and I'll read a lot of history books and and political history and politics books, uh, and biographies. But mm-hmm. I'll forget most of what I've read after I've, I've closed the cover. I've moved on to the next book. Little bit yeah. sticking there that I'm not aware of, but I'm not reading to learn. I'm reading to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine, you know, because I'm not doing it for that purpose. But if you're reading a business book, then then you, you want to be focused on what you're taking away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So what about um, keeping well for running your business, having the energy to do that? We talked mm-hmm. before we came on uh, line that you're uh, doing your daily walk as part of the uh, semi-lockdown that we're on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would you normally do that? <laughs> I think um, so. 
go out walking you don't normally <laughs> I, I i do go hiking with friends um and ideally we'd try and go once a month and i'm in part of two or three groups of friends that um organize hikes so yes i do uh, and i live in um uh a part of the country just outside London where we've gone by, by a river. Uh, we've got woods all around me. Basically, if you look at where I live on, on Google maps, it's two miles wide and on either side is river and woods. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when the weather's nice, I try to get out and enjoy that as well. Not daily. I should do daily, but, but, but I do try and get out there. Um, mm-hmm. until the COVID-19 crisis just before they closed them anyway i had suspended my membership of the gym but i was trying to get to the gym three times a week now i also do pilates um and i was i would say three to five times a week at least i would do 20 minutes pilates minimum in the morning just stretching um the 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 people i'm in my little breakout group with on the accelerator um have a have a personal fitness company rock solid training and they train people um through video and through a community so i've signed up with them so mm. i'm now taking the work sh- uh the workouts home i've got dumbbells um not dumbbells uh kettlebells being delivered by amazon some point this week i did try and order a suspension training system for home today but now deliveries are going into may on amazon unfortunately um and it's now the end of march um but I will probably get those because it may well be that I get into a routine and I, I, I'd rather do 40 minutes in the morning from home every day or six days a week than an hour in the gym three days a week Yeah, uh, and, and face like the journey either side and so on. So it might shift how I, I stay fit. Um, and then, as I say, I've got the Pilates and the walking on top of it. Mm-hmm. I was saying to the family as we're now uh, – ensconced that we should put in a little sort of daily exercise thing so far all we've managed to do is a, a game of table tennis at lunchtime <laughs> yesterday <laughs> yeah, well, it's easy you know when we're recording this the weather's been glorious this week yeah. so yeah. It, it, it's it's easy to get out there and enjoy it um the forecast for the weekend is not so glorious so it'll be easier to stay in and not do anything no yeah. and i think it's that's a big driver for people and that's why i think having um, you know, I, I try not to overload my home with, with equipment, but I have a little corner that's set aside for, for equipment anyway. So a couple of little things that will fit in there are fine. Mm. I just don't want it taking over my home. No. Um, but, but if I can transition to that, then it doesn't matter what the weather is. I can still work out. Yes. Yeah, exactly. About when you're not working, you talked a bit about, um, uh, you know, you, you, have a job that you need to like because you're there a lot but when you've got your own business you're doing even more sort of thing what about switching off and stopping particularly for people working from home I mean and for me having a a husband who normally works in an office I've just noticed how I swan around not swan around but you know I I do this I do that I go and do that I make a cup of coffee I do the washing or whatever and I work in between times or vice versa which I say is the most important he I think is in, in danger of hyper-focusing because he's so used to distractions and he doesn't really have them here that he, I think he's doing too much work at the moment and he's got to try and change how he works because he's now in a different environment. Um, you know, what, what sort of, um, uh, you know, do you stop your work at a certain time of day or do you integrate the two things? How do you manage your working from home bit that, so that you don't just do it all the time? I, te- I tend to be very disciplined on it. Um, so I was worried when I, I first started working from home quite a few years ago. 
you know, back when I was running the networking group. So that would be maybe we sold those in 2007. So well over a decade ago, um, we had five people in the office and I couldn't get any work done because people would talk to me when I was concentrating. Quite yeah. ironic as I was in a networking organization. Um, <laughs> but I came and, and worked from home more of the time. Um, so it was a more natural transition for me. In 2011, I had two books come out. So I had the second edition of And Death Came Third and I had my third book recommended come out in the same year. So I found myself working a lot of evenings and a lot of weekends. And my girlfriend at the time was very understanding uh, and, and a saint and <laughs> didn't <laughs> complain. But I looked and I saw what was happening and I said, that's it. When these books are done, unless I'm writing books or something like that, or, you know, obviously if I'm speaking at a weekend, then that's fine. Um, but it has to be essential for me to work at the weekend. Um, so I've actually had weekends where I've had nothing on and I forced myself not to work because I don't think it's healthy. Um, but there are times when you do. So this weekend, um, I will probably do four hours work over the weekend because I haven't got where I want to on this ebook and I need to get it out there. Um, but that's, you know, if I'm writing, then that's a different time. Um, but I will, I'll get up at a reasonable time. I'm not an early morning person, although that's my most creative time, but I'm not a good riser. But I've been getting up earlier and earlier, 6.30 to 7 now. Um, I take my time in the morning do a workout, do my stretching, make a nice breakfast. You know, I don't rush, but I'm at my desk probably by between 8.30 and 9.30, depending on a range of things. Mm. Um, and then I work for the day. I'll take um, up to an hour for lunch. I have no problem with doing that. I take a break. In the afternoon, I tend to be less productive. Um, so what I try and do is schedule calls and deal with email in the afternoon and mm. do my creative work in the morning. Um, and then I will finish probably around five, five thirty. sometimes a little bit earlier, sometimes a little bit later. It doesn't, you know, I, I, it's rare. I'll be at my desk after six unless I need to. Um, I, I think you do have to have that, that break. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not productive at that time. So what's the point? Um, mm. but if someone calls me up to a reasonable hour, I'll pick it up. You know, if, if someone calls me on work after, say, 6.45, 7, I'll probably let it ring out unless I know it's urgent. Because um, I think, you know, people can blur their lines for themselves, and that's one thing. But don't blur the lines for other people. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I think it's, you know, it would be easy for me to pick up because I'm single. Um, if you were in a family, I think that would be wrong. But why should I be penalised? I should be creating that right environment for me now so that when I am in a relationship, it, it's not a shift. No. I don't have bad habits. So, you know, I'm in and out of relationships so that it succumbs so me for professional relationship advice, not personal relationship advice. <laughs> uh, but, but that means that I, I'm not having to, I'm not carrying bad habits into a relationship with me. No. Um, no, I, I think that you should, you should separate work and, 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 your personal life otherwise it just can take over mm, yeah it's interesting i'm just reflecting as you're talking about that structure that uh i've instigated a, a one o'clock lunch in the house as we're all now here because otherwise we were doing our own thing at different times and not actually seeing each other all day which seemed a bit odd as we were all in the same house and uh so i said oh you know i've, I've got a pre-booked thing at one o'clock today so i can't do lunch and uh, i've just realized nobody else has done lunch either <laughs> 
<laughs> and, my, and my stomach is rumbling. <laughs> oh, we're nearly done, don't worry. No, 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 it's fine. It's just like, why were we booked in at one o'clock? But anyway, it's all good. Exactly. So, proving yourself, you've talked about how you, you knew that you were doing lots of that and not actually implementing it, and you've you know made a big change with that. Um, is there other stuff you're still doing now, or, or is it very much the program and, and, and that's it? Sorry, what can you oh, the learning, Yeah, the learning and improving yourself. You said that yeah, um, yeah. You, you know you, you got into the sort of habit of reading stuff and not implementing it, and so you decided that mm. wasn't you know what you were going to do. But then obviously you started the program, and yeah. <laughs> of that, ironically, you're now reading books. Yeah. Um, is there other stuff you're doing, or you are you really sort of focusing on that that program? Yeah, and well, I, I mean, I read a lot anyway. I mean, I always read a lot, but I I, I was reading more for leisure than learning. Um, yeah, you know, I, I read 52 books last year and I think 55 the year before. So I'm quite an avid reader. Yeah. Um, I, I listen to podcasts in the same way, but most of the podcasts I listen to are sports or music or or comedy related. They're related. Yeah. There's one that sort of crosses the line a little bit and is self-developmental uh, that I enjoy. But other than that, I don't tend to listen to business podcasts that often. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, this one will, will, will buck the trend and I'll start listening to yours. Uh, <laughs> um, what else am I doing? Well, it's taking up a lot of my time. I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a member of the Professional Speaking Association and I have been since 2003. Uh, in fact, I'm on the board now. And I will, I will engage with PSA events a lot, uh, particularly now a lot of them are virtual. So I get a lot of learning from that and I get a lot of learning from other events that I'm engaged with and participating in. So I'm always around learning and I am always seeking to take things from it. I've just had a focus on better ways of taking away. I remember a very early conference of PSA, uh, one of the first I went to back in about 2005, I think. And there was a speaker at the end of one of the days, Tom Antion from America. And he actually with the audience's permission, he was the last speaker of the day, he overran his slot substantially, pushing us very close to the black tie dinner time. But mm -hmm. he was giving so much value that people wanted him to carry on. He was talking about yeah. social media. And you bear in mind, this is 2005, I think. Yeah. And um, I took four pages of notes during his talk. And I never looked at them again. <laughs> And I yeah. took a lesson from that. And now I, I, I don't even fill up a whole page from a whole weekend conference no. because I'm only looking for maybe six or seven things I will apply in my business. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and otherwise I will listen, I'll learn hopefully, and I'll remember things now and then. But if I write everything down, then those six or seven key action points get lost. And I, I'm not the type to read back on those notes anyway. Now no. with the work approach, once I've got through this current spell of, you know, I've been finishing a, a rewrite of my fourth book. I've been writing this ebook. I'll be developing that into video content. But once I've got to a bit of a lull in that, then I think, well, I'll start using that e-work e for, a uh, deep work for, is time to go back and revisit notes from events and apply what I said I would do. Because mm -hmm. that's what's missing. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about having that sort of... Um, sort of self-awareness of as you say whether you're using stuff or not or how to best do that I'm not it just made me reflect on what I do in those sorts of cases and and I always feel when I go to meetings or conferences or whatever whatever I'm never the one taking notes because 
of lots of reasons and it's not I'm not a particularly note taking person but I do come away with a, an extra long to-do list the next day when I'm triaging that because as you said as, as things crop up that I think oh I should do that or I need to add that into my list it, you know it gets added in but yeah I've never been one to to take uh, lots of notes which is a bit disconcerting for some people I think when they have meetings with me because I think I'm not really paying attention but but actually isn't it sometimes better to put the pen down and just mm. listen I, mm. I have tried with my mentoring I've, I've I've experimented with recording the session so I don't have to take any notes yeah but that yeah. doesn't quite work for me so no. I try and find the balance of just keeping action points noted in the moment yeah. um it, it would be great if that approach did work but there's just something missing when you go back through a transcript yeah yeah exactly well um, also, it's almost more tedious than going back through your notes isn't it <laughs> It, well, yeah, there, is, there is that element and I did try with a, a, a PA going through and, and, and sort of pulling out the key chunks but of course someone else doesn't know um, you know what the pertinent You're, points are necessarily that you need um, so but but I tried that because I wanted to, to put all of the, the 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 equipment away and just focus and listen and engage and mm. I think it's important to get a balance between the two Yes. Yeah, that's true. So last couple of questions then. Um, yeah. Firstly, what about on those days when it all goes horribly wrong and, and you have a bad day and, you, and don't get done what you intended? How do you deal with those days? Uh, well, I mean, we, we're going through um, yeah. that time for a lot. Of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I have noticed a sea change in myself and I, I did a, a, another um, a, development program a number of years ago quite a well-known one called landmark forum yeah and i went through about three stages of landmark and, and i did notice a change in how i i dealt with setbacks and i deal with them a lot more positively than i, I think i did before mm. so i've noticed in this crisis that it hasn't it hasn't left me disconcerted i've i felt a sort of perhaps a layer of stress underneath it comes out occasionally, but I don't feel stressed. Um, I, I had started medit trying meditation again, and I've dropped that habit, and I need to pick that up again because I think that's how you deal with that underlying layer of stress, that and, and the hiking and the exercise. Um, but actually, in a conscious level, I'm not panicking, and, and I'm seeing a lot of people who are sharing how they're feeling, and it's all negative, and I've actually been energized and positive. Um, so, and I, th I, I credit Landmark with that. I think that really helped me just, you know, it, part of their concept is nothing has any meaning other than the meaning we give it. Yes. And that gives you control back. It gives you power back. Um, and it made me able to talk about the COVID crisis in the way, as an opportunity in the way I did earlier, without hopefully losing any humanity for what's going mm -hmm. on outside that. Um, so I think that, yeah, we have bad days. We have setbacks in the business. You know, we had a terrible year last year. I've always said there's no plan B. A number of years ago when we were going through a similar bad stage, my sister said to me, what will you do if this doesn't work? And I said, that's not an option. Yeah. And, and that helps me because it forces me into action. I'll have days like today. You know, I said this, you know, I was meant to be writing this morning. My head wasn't in that space. I've not had an unproductive day. You know, I've, I've recorded a video which I posted across channels and got a lot of engagement on and, and put some, something out there that's hopefully helpful to people, but also engages people. Um, 
uh, I've had a, a you know a, a, a really strong conversation with someone in my someone in my network in a similar space about how we can support each other. So if I did nothing else today, even though I haven't achieved what I wanted to, I can still say I took a step forward. Mm. And I think that's where I am at the moment. Is you know in in strange times, can you say at the end of each day have I taken a step forward? And, and when you look at you know, how many hours do you work in a day? And do you finish, you know, do you work till six? And, and these measures of activity that aren't related to the actual productivity. Um, I would rather work three hours. And in that three hours, win two new clients and write a chapter of a book, than work nine hours and do nothing. Mm. Mm. I think as well, in the situation we're in, I keep saying when I, I've been talking on a, a couple of podcasts and so on, I've been saying, you know, overridingly for me, it's about be kind to yourself. It is about looking for the, the potential positives out of whatever situations you're going through, but also understanding, well, sort of what you said, you know, that today you haven't done what you intended to do, but you can see that you did something that's moved you forward, in which case, you know, it's still been a good day. And, and tomorrow's another day is, you know, an attitude that I quite often take as well so um and, and that's you know the question was how do you deal with setbacks effectively and that's you, you deal with setbacks by looking it sounds a bit cliche doesn't it but you deal with setbacks by looking forward someone can put that on a meme and send it to me uh, <laughs> but yeah you deal with setbacks by looking forward that's the only way you can deal with them yes yeah exactly and then what about those days where you get to live more and we might have to imagine that this wasn't during this particular scenario um, but you know what do those days look like so those are the days where you get to do more of the things you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do what's that day look like for you if we're talking in a, a work environment um there's nothing i love more than you know, making an impact on people um the, the, when I'm up on stage and, and it could be a keynote talk in front of hundreds of people. It could be a, a small workshop for six people, which I did yesterday. If I'm in that environment and I see people's eyes light up, that's, that's in the moment for me. You know, I, what I do is I, I impart information. I try and get people to think about their professional relationships in a different way. So my success is people taking that on board. So the, the great moments for me are when I see an audience member's eyes light up or when someone contacts me on social media after and says, you made me think differently as a result, or when someone reaches out and says, as a result of what you said six months ago or a year ago or two years ago, this has happened to me. Yeah. Um, so, so, and that can come from speaking or training or mentoring or writing. You know, someone's read my book. I remember when Death Came Third came out, I got an email, long email from a, an actress, which was not my target market. <laughs> um, and, and she wrote and said that she lived with another actress and the other actress was getting roles without even having to audition for them, whereas yeah. she couldn't even get the audition. And so she'd read Death Came Third. And it just changed her whole approach. And she understood the power of networks and, uh, and how to get, you know, that into that yeah. position. Yeah. And that, you know, out of all of the wonderful feedback for that book, and we got a lot of great feedback, still do for that book. Um, that's the one that I remember the most. 
can imagine. Do you see her in films and things now? <laughs> oh, I'm going to ruin the story now. She's a financial advisor. <laughs> but she's using all the same techniques in a more appropriate scenario, maybe. I'm probably earning a lot more money, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, you burst my bubble. <laughs> exactly. Well, Andy, it's been great talking to you and really um, getting into some of this detail. Some great uh, examples and practical uh, tips for people, not not least about using um, visual aids on your wall. <laughs> and uh, I'm going away to, to do that next. Uh, so thank you for joining me. Tell people how they can find out more about you and connect with you. Uh, well, first of all, it's been my pleasure, and, and thanks again for reaching out and inviting me to, to share this with you. Um, with a surname like mine, as long as you know how to spell it, I am very easy to find. <laughs> uh, so my website is laparta.co.uk, uh, L-O-P-A-T-A, but I'm sure that'll be in the show notes as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you go to the site and you click on Insights, then you've got blogs, videos, a lot more information. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I do try to keep my LinkedIn connections to people I know personally because of the way I use LinkedIn, but, but you can follow the content. I post a lot of content on LinkedIn um, and linkedin.com slash IN slash networking strategy, um, facebook.com slash I think it's business networking strategy or networking strategy. Just search Andy Laparta connecting is not enough is what you're looking for on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram just under my usual, under my name. Uh, mm. and in uh, all good bookshops and some rubbish ones too. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Andy. Really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Stop feeling stuck and overwhelmed. Join Power to Live More Calm membership today and make an investment in your future. The Power to Live More Calm membership is designed for coaches and consultants struggling with the pressures of running a home-based business. You get access to our supportive community, including weekly Zoom calls, accountability, learning materials teaching you online marketing, audience building, income generation, and all sorts of other things you need to run your home-based business with ease, along with materials like templates, checklists, and planners to keep you motivated, organised, and productive. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership programme and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more.